Thought maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big time wrestling house. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. Santa? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. As I walk through the aisle with videos on the shelf, I see the miss on the box and realize there's nothing else. Now, I've been watching wrestling for so long that every sense of good taste that I have is gone. We've been spending most of our lives gripping up Camel Clutch Cinema. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. And this week we are going to break the rules a little bit and we're going to be talking about The Sixth Day. All right. Very good. I'm excited to talk about this. There's good reason for it. And it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger, who we've pretty much established as a WWE legend. Yeah, I mean, he he is their box office champ. That's right. So I, um, but we're in the car now, and we're heading to Taco Bell. Very exciting! This came out of nowhere for me. Out of the blue, the chili cheese burrito returned to the menu. <laughs> All right, so explain this. This was a this was a product that you had a lot when you were in college. This was called the Cholito. Yeah, at, at one point, I guess when Taco Bell had spun off from another, or they had merged with another company, Zaritas oh. maybe oh, in the eighties. And they carried over the Cholito and eventually changed it to the Chili Cheese Burrito. Now, the Chili Cheese Burrito was um, a mainstay of my my Taco Bell experience until it disappeared. Um, it's probably the first thing I ever had there. Um, I remember I used to get, religiously, the Chili Cheese Burrito mm-hmm. and the Big Beef Burrito Supreme, which is now on the menu as just the Burrito Supreme. Wow. Um, Did it get smaller? Um, I'm not sure what's different about it. Um, it seems the same to me. I, I think they just like, well, we we don't want to designate the big title to something that's normally on our menu when we can put out our big nachos and our uh, big grilled yeah. stuffs and stuff like that. So I think that's what happened there. The XXL yeah, nachos. Yeah. And depending on where you're listening, there might be people where the chili cheese burrito never went away because there were a handful of Taco Bell locations around the country where it was still a menu item. Yeah. Now, here's what I remember about it. Mm-hmm. So, you told me about this. I tried it. It reminded me of the uh, Hormel chili without beans, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, and cheese on a, on a burrito. And that was it. It was just chili and cheese and you were on a tortilla. Yeah, it's a really no-nonsense menu item, which is what I really dig about it. Now, for a long time, they had this at everyone. So you'd go there, it would be on the menu, and you'd order it. And then I remember one day um, in in like the late 90s, right? Does that sound right? Maybe yeah, late 90s, later? early 2000s, yeah. I remember going to a Taco Bell, and I asked for it, and they were like, oh, we don't have that anymore. And then I went to another Taco Bell, and they still had it. Yeah. So it was like being phased out. And then I remember you telling me that there was a Taco Bell that you found where the manager said she could make it for you, but it was no longer on the menu. So it became an off-menu item for a short time at a Taco Bell. Yeah, and it's actually the Taco Bell that we're driving to. Oh, very nice. So uh, so I was uh, I went to this one. One the other day, and I don't know how long this sign had been up, but there was a sign that said "Chili Cheese Burrito, a dollar ninety nine." And I I did a double take, yeah. and then I did a 
was it the chili cheese burrito that we liked, or is yeah. this? Because there was a moment where I was like, maybe it's maybe that's one that's always been there, and I'm looking for chalupa or something. But then I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, now, chili cheese burrito, uh, when they called it the Cholito, uh, there was an urban legend which has also come about about the chalupa, and I think just about every menu item that it's Mexican slang. For male genitalia. Yes. And that always comes up and nobody ever bothers to Google it. And I have heard this also about other things. I heard that uh, that in um, in Disney there's the three caballeros, which is uh, Panchito, Jose, and Donald Duck. And yeah. I've heard that Panchito, that that's what Panchito means, uh, which I believe his name means sea breeze in, in Spanish. Yeah. But there, that seems to be like the go-to thing. They're like, ah, oh, it means wiener. That's yeah. what the, so they pulled it off the menu because it means wiener. Yeah. Although, in, in fairness, Chalupa does sound like, <laughs> and Cholito, I mean, I, I could see yeah, that. I Cholito mean, was little wiener, <laughs> and Chalupa's big wiener. Uh, oh, he's got a Chalupa, <laughs> and he only has a Cholito. <laughs> um, so, so we're very excited about this. Now, um, let's, uh, before we get into end of days... Uh, let's talk. There's some WWE uh, Camel is, Clutch yeah. Cinema related news. A whole bunch. First thing, uh, did you see Betty White on Raw? Yes. I'm always excited when they have these stars come on and be and be uh, a guest host. Now she was supposed to be a guest host a long time ago. They advertised her. I remember that years ago. Yeah, yeah when they were doing that, maybe 2011 or whatever. Yeah, when yeah. They were doing one every week, and she was going to be on, and she was really hot at that time. You know, it was like that was the people were. She'd done a Super Bowl commercial, and people were like, oh, "Betty yeah. White is still alive." The Snickers one. Yeah, yeah. And they all got all excited, and then they uh, they she ended. Ended up never being on Raw, so she came on Raw, uh, did some dopey segments. Well, she came spiked. Out. Uh, she turned the tables on the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, so apparently she does this show where old people make play pranks on young people. Yeah, it's Just, like pranked for the AARP set. Yeah, but they're they're playing pranks on those youngsters, those whippersnappers <laughs> that deserve it. And so, uh, so the New Age Outlaws, I guess, put like uh, X Lack or something in her tea. Uh, which X not X Pac. Yeah. X Lax. <laughs> and uh, and so she she noticed and so they did the she did the old switcheroo. Yeah. And they didn't know to do the reverse switcheroo where you switch it back, you yeah. know. That's well what's that over move. there? Yeah. You know, and then you turn around and you so uh, Like so, in that remember that um, that Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? <laughs> there's the, a lot of the end scene. There's like this huge switcheroo um, between, I, I guess, uh, you know, Barris and uh, Julia Roberts, where it's like that's the biggest switcheroo I movie I think I've ever seen with with a drink. That's right. So, um, so Betty White on Monday Night Raw uh, got uh, Billy Gunn sick, although it was his own his own doing, his own fault that he uh, he drank the tea that had been spiked with with X Lax. <laughs> Uh, other WWE movie news, they announced two movies, both of which were very exciting to me. First, uh, The Marine 4 is going to star The Miz. Yeah, so it's going to actually, for once, be a true sequel. Yes, Miz tweeted out that he was honored to be the first returning Marine in the history of the Marine franchise. Now, I believe we had decided, now it's hard to say because the second one's not very good either, 
but that the third one was the worst of the bunch, and that Miz was the worst of the Marines. Yeah, I think that was our general consensus, yeah. Although, I felt that Miz probably was bad, and you had pointed this out, that it felt like the Marine... Three was homecoming. Uh, homecoming was the script that was written for Randy Orton. Yeah, and then Randy Orton stepped out, and that they didn't do a rewrite. Instead, just said, "Well, Miz will play this part." And Miz was miscast doing a, a character that just didn't feel like him. Yeah, you know. Whereas, hopefully, if they write this character a little bit more like his Christmas bounty character, we'll be much more uh, uh, appreciative of having yeah. to watch it. And speaking of Christmas, oh my that's goodness. the other movie news. Big time news. Yeah, this was one that I didn't make the connection until like an hour after I read it. So they're doing a Jingle All the Way sequel. Right. uh, Starring Larry the Cable Guy and Santino Morello. Right. And I didn't realize we had just talked about Jingle All the Way around Christmas time on this show. And I didn't, it it didn't click in my head until about 45 minutes to an hour later. I said, Oh, this is the Sinbad Arnold movie that we just talked about. That's right, yeah. So I, I assume it's going to be Larry the Cable Guy and and Santino um, racing around looking for the same toy? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, reboot or is it, it's you know... Remake. Remake yeah. uh, or is it uh, sequel, you know... I Prequel? Mean, is it going to be... <laughs> I mean, because it could legitimately be like, like what I would do. Here's here's an idea for you. Okay, we talked about when we reviewed the movie how many crimes that Arnold and Sinbad <laughs> committed during the making of of that film during the the uh, the running, actual, yeah, the yeah, the, the events act, of with, that film within, within yeah. the confines of the film. Their characters committed one crime after another. How how funny would it be if? At the beginning of the movie, the cop, the head of the precinct has his cop show up. One of them, Santino, and one of them, <laughs> one of them is Larry the Cable oh, Guy. Oh, so it runs within the other movie. That's right. Oh, so, beautiful. So Larry the Cable Guy is like, well, I'll tell you, I'm going to get the best b- bonus this year. What's the bonus going to be? And Santino like, no, I want to get the bonus. It's going to be a bonus. And he's like, well, I have the, the chief's like, well, I got a, a new Turbo Man doll and it goes to whoever catches the most criminals. And so the two of them are just racing against Arnold and Sinbad, who we never see. Like, we'll see, you know, maybe them from the back, you know. Yeah, so it'll be like that that last Bourne movie they made where they... They reference Jason Bourne and, and stuff's happening, right? Uh, but you never see Jason Bourne. See, that's I love it. I think that would be great. Oh God, I hope somebody from uh, from the script team's listening to this podcast. I uh, I saw somebody comment today about this movie, and they were like, "I can't stand any of Larry the Cable Guy's movies." And this guy's avatar was Lightning McQueen from Cars, <laughs> and I just really wanted to be like, "You do know that your favorite movie is also one of his movies." I guess they don't have to look at him, so it's 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 a little better. <laughs> now he's also replaced The Rock in a movie. He replaced The Rock oh, in Tooth, Tooth Fairy, Fairy Two. Yeah. So I don't know. That's going to be his new thing. He's the straight to video replacement. Yeah. So I thought that was very exciting. Uh, WWE news. Yeah, and and you know uh, with Scooby Doo at WrestleMania coming out within oh, the next right. couple months, it's going to sure. be a great few months for us here at Camel Clutch Cinema. That's right. Well, there's one other thing that now this is not for this year. Maybe for for Camel Clutch Cinema episode five thousand six hundred twenty-two. <laughs> 
but the star of bending the rules, Edge Adam Copeland, has has given well his his uh, girlfriend Beth Phoenix yeah. gave birth. He's now a parent. Yeah. So one day they'll make the the reboot of bending the rules <laughs> with his child in the lead. Oh God, I can't. That that would be amazing. Disturbing. <laughs> so why are we talking about the sixth day today, Craig? Well, the opening sequence of that film features um, an XFL game. Right. Now, for for people that don't remember, what was the XFL? The XFL was a, a, a brilliant idea that, for some reason, did not take. And basically, Vince McMahon wanted to do his own version of the NFL. Right. So he he um, he said we're going to run off season, so we won't compete. But the week after the Super Bowl, we'll start our season, and we'll we'll be a, a more aggressive, more extreme version of the NFL. Right. Um, so they had eight teams, mm-hmm. and uh, it it was on NBC, and I think um, maybe some of the NBC. Um, other NBC networks. I think they were on like NBC, and then I think like the other network was, I think it was like CW or something. It was, it was whatever. Okay. It was like one of those channels that's like Channel 11, Channel 29. Yeah, yeah. It was like one of those that would carry the like the weekend games. Like NBC had the uh, the the primetime game, which would be on. I think Saturday night. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds right. So, and 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 this is actually timely because the XFL debuted. In February of 2001, so oh, we are we're nice. actually uh, this is the anniversary months for the, for the XFL. All right, so here's what I remember about the XFL. Um, so they announced it, and a big part of where it came from was, uh, I believe, Dick Eversall was the head of NBC yeah. Sports. He was he was actually integral in getting Saturday Night's main event on the air yeah. as well. Big. Uh, uh, supporter of the WWE product and a friend of Vince McMahon's and he, they seem like guys that would be friends. Yeah. Do you think I don't know what Dick Eversall sounds like. I would love it if he sounds like Vince. It's like, hey, hey what are you doing? I don't know what are you doing? What do you say we do? Hold on, call waiting. Oh it's Sean. Hold on. No, it's Dick. Hey, this is Sean. It's a bunch of really ridiculously deep voice guys just talking. Um, but at some point, Dick Eversaw and Vince McMahon together came up with the idea that they could do this football league. And, and they came up with a lot of gimmicks. Um, but they had a, a, an interesting idea, which was people wanted to watch football all the time. And NBC, NBC had lost football yeah. and was no longer going to be able to carry Monday Night Football. And they wanted some ratings, you know, wanted some football ratings. So they kind of seemed, they marketed it as it was going to be sexier. It was going to be more violent. Uh, it was going to be in your face. It was going to have the letter X in it, Craig. Which yeah. at oh, that especially time, in the early early two thousands. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, the only thing I could have done that would have made it more extreme would have been to call it the XFL two thousand because that would have really <laughs> put it over the top. So. One thing that they did, they did a handful of things that were that were neat. Uh, they pioneered a lot of um, uh, the broadcast techniques. Yes, yeah. uh, helmet cameras. Uh, that overhead. one that yeah, the one that sort of flies over the field. Right, yeah. right. So they they had some great ideas 
you know, that kind of shook up the way that the NFL uh, covered their games because they were like, hey, that seemed to work pretty good. Um, they had they had another idea that I thought was neat was they played football in baseball stadiums, which has happened over the years. It was kind of neat to see that they could take these stadiums that weren't multi-use yeah. stadiums and say, what is there a way that we can you know configure this and, and get a football field in there? And yeah. that was kind of neat. And that one of the the directives or one of the requirements for each team's field was it had to be open air, right? And it had to be real grass. Wow, interesting. So it couldn't be turf, or and it, and it couldn't be in a dome environment, which and, is pretty neat. And they brought football to a lot of areas that don't have football. Las teams, Vegas, which was the Las Vegas Outlaws, I yeah. believe. I believe. Uh huh. Maybe they were the New Jersey Outlaws. New Jersey, it was the New, New York, York New Jersey Hitmen. Hitmen. The oh, first yeah, game yeah. on February third, two thousand one. The Outlaws, the Las Vegas Outlaws, beat. The New York, New Jersey Hitmen, 19 to nothing. Oh, there you go. I remember a few things about it. I remember the uh, pre-show with Opie and Anthony, which was canceled long before the actual XFL. XFL made their way all the way to the end. Yeah, they ran a full season. They went to the million-dollar game. Yeah, and then it was announced sometime later that uh, I actually first heard it. Mick Foley was giving an interview on, I think it was like on Fox and Friends or something, and they asked him it as a question, and at the time, it was they weren't really finished. It was one of those that let's see if we can find somebody else to give us yeah. money, but nobody else wanted to give them money. And, and which Vince. is really surprising. Well, yeah, it, there was a lot of backlash against it. That's what I really remember. Was so many people even before it started were like, "Well, I'm not watching it. How oh, dare yeah. they? How dare they?" Yeah, the wrestling, a lot of people. If the wrestling stink, if you will, yeah. is on something. A lot of people have a really hard time. Um, getting on board with it, unless yeah. it's The Rock. Yeah, well, now, yeah, so <laughs> The Rock actually was there on the, the first game. Uh, before the first game, they had some kind of issue where a blimp, the XFL blimp crashed. Yes. Which got them all kinds of news coverage, and there are theories to this day that they crashed it on purpose. To get people talking. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it ran a, <laughs> uh, on its own for, like, almost four miles. <laughs> So it like crashed into a seafood restaurant or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so nobody um, was hurt. The pilot was uh, had minor injuries, but nobody died or anything like that. So I do have an XFL uh, mini football uh, to commemorate, and it was black with with weird stripes all around it and the XFL logo. Uh, I went on Amazon today. I could have bought today right? for fifteen dollars an XFL baseball cap. Oh wow! Very nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, so it was it was an interesting time. They put on football, and they had two commentary teams. One commentary team had Jesse Ventura. Yeah, and uh, Mike Adam Lee okay. and some other guys. And then the other one was what? It was JR and, and Jerry Lawler. And coach Jonathan Coachman, who's now on ESPN. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Insane. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a very odd time. I... I, I Enjoyed it. I watched a handful of the games. The first game was a mammoth ratings, yeah, and yeah. then it, it went down significantly after that. And they tried many times. I remember there was a commercial where they were like, you know, a billion people tuned into our first episode, and they all didn't tune in the next week. So we've <laughs> thought about it, and we're reinventing it, and we've got cameras in the cheerleaders' locker room or something crazy. Yeah. Well, another thing that the XFL sort of pioneered was the on-field interview, ah, okay. which hadn't wasn't really done until until the XFL did it. 
Yeah, so it was a, I thought it was a neat idea. I watched it, and I will say I generally watched it because it was a WWE product and there were WWE commentators involved. I'm sure that uh, Jim Ross loved it. Yeah, oh. I, I can only imagine that that was far more exciting to him than to have to call a wrestling match. Yeah, it was probably the perfect marriage for him. You know, he was still able to pull, like, the WWE paycheck, but but talk about football or call football. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so the XFL uh, made its way into this film, which takes place in the near future. Yeah, it says, sooner than you think... Um, because I guess when this movie was made, cloning was a big deal. They had just cloned that sheep, Dolly. Dolly the sheep, yeah. Uh, and cloning was a big deal. Like, I mean, everybody was talking about cloning. Now, this movie um, came out in uh, in the, the winter of, what, 2000, 2001? 2001, November 2001. And so, um, oh, so this would have been after September 11th. Yeah. Right, so this would have been... Um, a couple months later, uh, I, I remember going to the theater. We went to go see this movie together. Yeah, that was that was actually the the only time I had seen it until I sat down to watch it for this week's uh, episode. Yeah, I will say, and we'll get to it. But I had there are a couple lines in this movie, two lines uh, that I've kind of played with, and the version I say is not the actual line from the movie. But there are two <laughs> lines from this movie that I repeat all the time. Uh, this movie is. Is it's fun? I mean, it's a movie that that uh, gives you a glimpse into the future. Um, this is a time where it was fun to be a movie fan because DVDs were just coming out. Oh yeah! And so this movie, I bought this movie on DVD. I have the uh, have the DVD right here, um, and I can read you the the blurb off the back of it. Oh, and it's the box with Arnold with the uh, the chin uh, resting his chin in that thing and getting his eyes uh, yeah, his this, eyes examined. This which... was. Such a goofy cover. A scene early in the movie, yeah, but as a cover, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It did get two thumbs up from Ebert and Roper. And actually, look at this. On the inside of the DVD, and I'll explain this for everybody listening, there's a booklet. Oh, yeah, you don't the see these notes. anymore. Yeah. And it says, you know, it's like, it tells you the head of development at Phoenix Pictures who brought the idea of Six Day to the chairman of Phoenix Pictures. And then they have quotes from everybody yeah. here. Um that's great. Yeah, it's very interesting. So I, I and that's a collector's item now. Yeah, they don't do these anymore. Well, and that whole that whole DVD there you're holding, yeah. you can I, I cannot get that. At, 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 I know. If you want to get this, you got to get it part of the action pack. Two yeah. two Arnold films together. Uh, this is from the back of the box. Superstar Arnold Schwarzenegger is Adam. The worst name for an Arnold character, by the way. But, you know, they were probably trying to, you know, do the whole, you know, Adam and Eve type thing with oh, the name. Oh, you know what? I never picked yeah. that up. That's, that's yeah, I'm sure. But the, I never picked that up. I just, I always expect Arnold's name in movies to be just, I don't know. Adam just is not, doesn't have the, doesn't have the amount of consonants You know what, what Schwarzenegger should do every time he's making a movie? Call up Stallone and say, this is the movie. The, I'm going to give you the two-sentence pitch. Give me a name. That's right. Yeah, because Stallone's, Stallone's the king of wacky. He's got a, a, a wacky name bank in his head, probably. <laughs> so uh, Stallone is Stallone. No, no. Schwarzenegger <laughs> is Adam, an ace pilot in the very near future who is having a serious identity crisis. An evil corporation illegally cloned him, and now they're trying to kill him and hide the evidence. Torn from his beloved family and faced with a shocking extract duplicate of himself, Adam races against time to reclaim his life and save the world from the underground cloning movement from the director of tomorrow never dies the sixth day also stars powerhouse actors robert duvall of 
let me just ask you, what movies do you think they put for Robert Duvall? And I'm going to tell you, it's not The Godfather. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's probably whatever other Phoenix picture he did within two years of that. It's Well, it's Gone in 60 <laughs> yeah, Seconds. Yeah, of course, yeah. The Deep Impact. <laughs> Robert Duvall, one of the finest actors alive. Star of Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, and Michael Rappaport, star of Deep Blue Sea and Copland, prepare for high-tech sci-fi blasts with twice the Arnold and twice the action. Um, and then it's got another quote on here. This movie knows how to entertain from Bob Graham of the San Francisco Chronicle. Nice. Uh, Michael Rappaport, I've always hoped that he would do an off-Broadway version of um, I'm um, Not Rappaport, <laughs> yeah. where he isn't Rappaport. Yeah. All right, so we're at Taco Bell now. We're going to go in. We're going to get some chili cheese burritos. We will be back right after we've eaten them, and we will review the heck out of them. So we'll see you in a moment. All right, so we're back. Oh, boy, man. What do you think, right? I'm telling you, it's like time travel. Yeah, it is just fantastic. So I've heard it's limited. I hope not. I've taken every time I've had this now, I've I've gotten my receipt. I've brought it home, and I've taken the survey. And <laughs> tell them that you liked it. And said explicitly, the reason right. I came was for the chili cheese burrito. Walk me through this. So you call up the machine. Does a person answer? Well, or no, like it's a, it's a, it's an online survey. Oh, online. Yeah. I love that. So you fill yeah, that in the comments. There, it doesn't look like there's a phone number one. Um, but yeah, no, on the, on the survey, I explicitly state. I love this. That's yeah. I got to do that. Yeah. You can uh, tell us about your visit for a chance to win $500 yeah. cash. Yeah. Tell the bell.com. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. I once had a survey. I went to uh, Burger King for breakfast once, and I was like, I'll have whatever, you know, your version of the Egg McMuffin. And they were like, oh, would you like to try our new sandwich, and it'll be free? And I was like, yeah. You know, and so um, so they were like, do you want the other sandwich? And I was like, no, I would I want, I don't need two sandwiches. So they gave me this free sandwich, and then I called a survey, and the survey had, was a person, and she had like a thousand questions, oh. which I was all right with. It's I, almost to the know. point that we were like, it's not worth the free yeah. sandwich. Yeah, although theoretically <laughs> I didn't have to call. There was no, yeah. I just figured, you know, they gave me a free sandwich, I'd call them. So, but I remember one of the questions was, how did you feel about the messiness of our new bacon beef sandwich? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, was it not messy, <laughs> very messy? Not messy enough, and I was like, "Not messy enough." I like my sandwiches far messier than this. I need a five napkin uh, breakfast sandwich. <laughs> I was like, "This sandwich was just way too neat." It grossed me out with how neat it was. So, anyway, chili cheese burrito. Uh, I, I love it. I mean, I I, I know we've talked about um, how infrequently I normally go to Taco Bell. Now, right. normally it's for when we record. Right. Um, or if I really, really have a hankry. And it's mainly because there's not one convenient for me when I'm driving yeah. home from work or anything. Yeah. But since uh, this came back, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of last wait, week, right? I, I went every day. The other thing we found out was it's 380 calories, which makes it one of the lightest things yeah, on the menu. Which, which is, is also very surprising. Good. Yeah. We compared it to the uh, chicken one, yeah. which the chicken burrito was 460, I think. Four, so yeah, yeah. So you're getting almost 100 extra yeah. calories via chicken over chili and cheese. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds like chili, cheese, and beef, you know, just sounds like that's going to be a much worse combo for you. No, it was, it was really good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, my thing with these with fast food joints, and this one's no no different. If they're hard to get into, you don't go very often because if you've got the time to pull in, turn around, and all that, then you're not going there. You know, yeah. if I'm yeah. gonna turn around, I'll go to the diner. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, because uh, there's on my on, on my commute, there's a spot where there's a Burger King on one side of the road, and there's a a uh, McDonald's on the other side of the road, and it's without fail. It's like you see all these people that are doing the U-turn, and I'm like, look. You know what? It's just a hamburger. Just get either one. Yeah, Why, yeah. Make all those U-turns. Uh-huh. Get home 35 minutes late, but you got yeah. the burger you yeah, wanted. Yeah, you get the you, but yeah, but you get the you Big get, Mac instead of the Whopper. The Big Mac. Yeah, it, it, I don't think there's a lot of people that were coming on the other side because they wanted. I need my flame broiled goodness. <laughs> but all right, so uh, the sixth day. Yeah, and, and you mentioned in the in the write up that you read that it was from the director of Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes, this is Roger Spottiswoode. Yes, who also directed. Uh, Sylvester Stallone in Stop When My Mom Will Shoot. Oh, wow. Tom Hanks in Turner and Hooch. Okay. And a movie that you talked about on Drunk on Disney recently, Ooh. The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper with Robert Duvall. That's right, yeah. yeah. But he's best known for his work in Gone in 60 <laughs> yes. Seconds, uh, the remake with Nicolas Cage and Angelina and Angel, Jolie. Yeah. And the, and the uh, amazing disappearing wrench. God, I can't believe you're going to bring that up. <laughs> This is, uh, you know, when you go, when you watch a movie, a lot of times there'll be a blooper, there'll be something, you know, it's continuity that'll stand out to you where, you know, somebody will have their arms crossed and then they'll change camera angles, but the person will still be in the shot and their arms will be at their side. And it's jarring because you yeah. notice that. But normally it's it's quick, it's one and done and, you're, yeah. and you move on. And usually you only notice it when you're at home and, you know, maybe one person will point it out and you'll rewind it mm-hmm. or reverse it and, yeah. and catch it. I remember we were in the theater, and I was like, the wrench keeps jumping. Well, it's like Angelina Jolie. They're shooting down, looking at her. She's yeah. under the car, yeah. and there's a wrench next to her. And, and it keeps flopping from the left to the right. It's moving over a couple inches. And it happened enough times that I could point it out yeah. to you, and you could catch it before the scene ended. Yeah, I think the wrench was trying to outdo Nick Cage. <laughs> I watched that movie again. Now, did I watch it with you? I think I watched it with you within the past five years. Probably, yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was one of those. I found that uh, movies like this, uh, like End of Days, not End of Days, The, the Sixth, sixth day. day. Yeah. The End of Days was, what, a year later? Either a year later or a year, I think it was a year before because it was right before the millennium. Another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with a biblical title with Day. In it. Yeah. So... That was his version of Stigmata, right? The end of days? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Stigmata was like, came out at the same time. It was a totally unrelated yeah. uh, uh, movie, but had, a, had another yeah. very similar themes. Yeah, yeah. And that made people around that time use the word Stigmata when they meant stigma. Yes. So like, I think there's really a Stigmata <laughs> attached to professional wrestling that is making the XFL fail. Well, then you have those sequences of, you know, like uh, Austin being uh, sent up on the symbol where, you know, you can see people making that mistake. So, so, so anyway, um, you know what? Let me give a shout out to a guy I know listens uh, who sent us an email, Rob O'Hara. He's uh, the host of You Don't Know Flack. Yeah. And he sent me an email where he was talking about how he was enjoying the show and sent me pictures from a wrestling event he went to where he was in the front row oh, years awesome. ago. Yeah. And he said that he had not uh, followed wrestling for years. He said he watched it when he was a kid. He watched Mid-South Wrestling because he lives in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so he said he would watch like Junkyard Dog and The Freebirds. 
And then he said, uh, in the year, you know, like mid-90s, late-90s, somebody said to him, The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin are on TV, and The Undertaker is trying to kill him on camera. He's going to embalm him (laughs) or bury him alive. And he was like, it just sounded so insane that he had to tune in. So he said he got into it for a few years after that. Um, And uh, I know he listens to the show, and he he, he wrote me this great email telling me the story. And then it ended with this photo of him on the rail at SmackDown looking at Tori Wilson's behind (laughs) as she walked past him. So, um, so anyway, uh, the end of days. No. No, the sixth day. Can we do the end of days instead? Because I really want to talk about that. You know what? I'm probably going to get that confused with stigmata, though. <laughs> so this was Gabriel Byrne in the, in the end think, of days, or I, was he in stigmata? I think he's in end of days. I think stigmata was, who's the female in that? Do you remember? Uh, Arquette. Arquette, uh, uh, yes. uh, Rosanna. No, 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 Patricia, the younger it's one. The one from blonde, True Romance, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, the, the main thing I remember from the, the end of days is Arnold's is Arnold. He's this huge, you know, hulking, yeah, yeah. you know, a guy that obviously goes to the gym and stays in shape. But he's supposed to be playing like a burnt out cop. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got like the beard, and he comes home and he's like cracking beers and yeah, stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, and exactly. they're like, I just, I, you know. You know, at least when, like, Stallone kind of did that role in Copland, he had the belly and stuff. Yeah. Whereas, like, Arnold's like, I'm just going to grow some stubble. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, the sixth day, um, interesting director, interesting choice, a guy that's worked with a lot of muscle men, but has done comedy and has yeah. done action. This film has a little bit of both and a lot of sci-fi. Um, starts out, we meet Arnold Schwarzenegger after seeing this XFL scene. The XFL scene, not very integral to the plot. Yeah, it just basically sets up the fact that cloning's going on. Yeah. Because you have this uh, Johnny Phoenix, the quarterback, it's just, he, in a sequence where you think, did you think Johnny, uh, Johnny Phoenix was a robot? Because they're oh. running this play, and you see all this stuff going Terminator on in his, in, in his yeah. headset, and you see the coach his like Google Glass. Yeah, yeah, I was like, Google is the coach like controlling, controlling him? him? But yeah. it turns out it was just the way you see now. Yeah, and he gets creamed, and he gets dumped on his head, and yeah. he breaks his neck. It was essentially Google Glass, though. Yeah, yeah. really. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a precursor to that. Um, yeah. So, so XFL will come back. Yeah. In the future. Uh, yeah. 2015, we've heard this Yeah, that's what a lot of the websites say. And the funny thing is, future. I had read um, that a lot of... Uh, this isn't the only movie to feature the XFL. I couldn't find any other ones that did. But from what I understand, um, around this time, movies and TV shows would use the XFL so they wouldn't have to pay the NFL licensing yeah. fees Makes if sense. they wanted to do a game. Yeah. You know, you can't have a baseball player, you know, take a hit and break his neck. It's got to be a full-contact sport. Right. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so this scene happens, then we cut to Arnold. Here's what we know about Arnold's character. He's a guy named Adam, he's a pilot. And it's his birthday. It's his birthday, he loves his family, he's very retro. Yeah. He's not into any of this modern Yeah, he uses a regular razor, he doesn't want to use the laser razor. That's right. His daughter wants a robot. Yeah, a simpal? Yeah, it's a little girl that goes, Happy birthday, Polly, and walks around (laughs) in a circle. (laughs) His daughter wants this robot, and and she wants it for his birthday, because she's like, then you won't feel guilty about me not getting anything. (laughs) 
And Arnold says, ask your mother, and then she runs to the mother saying, yay, I'm getting a I'm sim getting pal. I'm getting a sim pal. So, yeah. so Arnold um, is, is having breakfast, and she comes down and says one of my favorite lines in the history of movies. She says... With a visual cue. Right. She holds up two bananas. One of them is yellow, one of them is orange. And she says, you want a banana? And Arnold says, yes. And she goes... Do you want regular or nacho flavored? And he's like, I like regular flavored banana, banana flavored banana. And this, to me, was the greatest moment. I couldn't couldn't laugh any harder yeah. than. So from then on, I repeated the line, and I did it backwards, which I always thought was funnier. Which he's like, I don't want nacho flavored banana. Yeah, yeah. And I would just like wherever I would go, I would always think about the horrible taste of what a nacho flavored banana would be. Nacho flavored banana. <laughs> <laughs> so sadly, Arnold doesn't say nacho flavored banana. Otherwise, I would totally make a dance remix of yeah. Arnold and the nacho flavored banana. But so we see that the future just has lots. Of wacky stuff. We see Michael Rappaport, yeah. who is his, his friend and, and a fellow uh, pilot, yeah. and he has a car that does OnStar and drives itself all the way to work. Yeah, which is kind of, you know, where we're headed. You yeah. know, Google has those self-driving cars now. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure they'll look like cars from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they ride in this truck, and they're just kind of like sitting there. Have I don't know why the yeah. seats aren't even, they should make they the seats should swivel. so they just, yeah, yeah, so, so, so you can swivel get, towards each other. Yeah, because it kind of looked awkward. Like they were trying to turn towards each other, but they had to, yeah. the seats were facing forward. You think, I think they'll iron that out once they get that. Uh, maybe you have to have your feet somewhere near the pedal. I guess in case in case they disengage, so he disengages so they can go park. Um, they're gonna there's gonna be some kind of a mission that they end up swapping the two of them. You know, one Arnold is supposed to go on it. Yeah, well, since it's his birthday, um, and also what? No, the he Arnold learns that the dog died. Oh yeah, Wolfie. And the <laughs> no, no, that's Terminator. It is the death of Wolfie. Oliver, how is Wolfie? <laughs> Whoopi um, is fine. Kill them. Your, yeah, parents, are dead. your parents are already dead. Um, Whoopi is not your dog. So the dog has died, and the wife calls up Arnold and says, our, our daughter's going to be heartbroken. Instead of telling her the dog is dead, go to Repet. And get a cloned version of Oliver. The other line that I loved in this movie, I kept picturing Arnold just walking around being, I don't want a repet, I want a pet. <laughs> and repet instantly made me think of Total Recall. Yeah, well, you know, he a went lot to of this re- movie. Yeah, he went to Recall in that movie. Here he went to repet. Yeah, it's a step down to <laughs> All across the board. <laughs> So I'm I'm into this movie at this point. It's a, it's a, it's got it's got a cool concept. You yeah. know, it's cool seeing these sort of you know uh, the, their take on the future. Yeah, and and I like it because it they were close enough to a lot of this stuff that they were right. Yeah, there's touchscreen stuff going on, and yeah. But nacho flavored bananas we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. So um, so he goes to get the repet. Uh, meanwhile, Michael Rappaport is killed and cloned. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Arnold is cloned. Yeah. When he stuck his finger on that machine, yeah, they had to take a, dr- a drug test to yeah. pilot. The, they were going to do a, a, some kind of to- air uh, helicopter tour for this uh, rich guy, this billionaire, yeah. and they had to take a drug test and, an, and a vision test in order to be cleared to uh, to take him on this tour. Sure. So, um, so Arnold doesn't know if he wants a repet. He goes to the repet store, and the salesman's like, "Hey, you're you gonna, back. Yeah. You're gonna get your repet, you know." Yeah. I mean? 
And and it even ends with a, uh, I may be back. And he's like, you'll be back. I loved when he said I might be back. Yeah. Right. And then he buy, he goes and buys a Simpal instead. Ooh, that was a creepy looking doll. You know, every time somebody says that's a creepy doll, I always say it's not a creepy yeah. doll. It's just a doll. Like you're being silly to say every doll is creepy. This is one hell of a creepy doll. Yeah, this one really was. It had a very, very strange look. Yeah. Um, and they advertised that it had... Um, Hair that grew. Yeah. That was like the selling point for the daughter. Yeah, it, 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 it's hair grows. That's right. You, you buy it and, and the hair actually grows longer. Hair is interesting though, because hair is as a material, it's like it's like not really a fabric, it's like plastic your hair, you know. I mean it's like if it gets wet it dries very quickly. Um, I don't know that I mean we've made synthetic hair but it doesn't seem to be the same maybe that maybe that would be a selling point Craig if you had a doll that really could grow real hair I think maybe you'd be down with it look at how many people want to replace their hair I know I know if Cy Sperling got a hold of that Um, speaking of hair uh, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up in terms of um, the whole cloning process yes there's a scene later in the movie where one of the henchmen okay. gets killed, yes. and they bring her back. They clone her, right? Um, and she's got, you know, long blonde hair. And, and in the in the movie, when before she was cloned, she had like a bob that was like purple or something. Uh-huh. Arnold um, or, or Michael Rappaport, when he's cloned, he's got the same exact hair right. that he's got prior to being cloned. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and he also looks exactly the same. Sure. So, the thing that seems weird to me about the whole cloning process is it because here is, they're cloning a clone. I don't know because okay. also, like, um, how do they know how old he's supposed to be? Yeah, the clone from that automatically comes out the age. You're the not, age that you are. Yeah, you know, Michael Rappaport's thirty-seven or whatever. It's right. like, well, based on his blood sample. Yeah, like um, your you know, repet. Are you getting a baby repet or you're getting a full-grown? Yeah, because yeah. we see the dog has been repetted. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. we, they're getting like a full grown. Yeah. And the other thing, um, you know, they don't factor in the diet or the lifestyle that Microbiport's been living. Yeah. I mean, well, somehow, I think if, if, bo- if, if both of us were clones. Right, just and, your memory and, is not enough. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, like, my hair doesn't normally look like this. I have to have a cut to look like this. Right. You know? Well, if you had one of those dolls then. <laughs> Here's here's another thing, and I remember you pointed this out to me during the movie, uh, the first time we saw it in 2001. They keep cloning These henchmen, the henchmen. The incompetent like, henchmen. That's right. They keep getting killed. Like, the one gets run over, and they're like, you know how much it costs me every time you get killed? $1.2 million. And then they reclone them. Henchmen are a dime a dozen, and these aren't even good henchmen. There's no good reason to keep bringing these henchmen back. Yeah, and uh, initially I was trying to to logic my way through it, and I said, oh, maybe this guy doesn't want people in on the fact that there's all this cloning going on. But it seems like they're at a facility where everybody that works there is aware that this is going on. Yeah, it seems, yeah. yeah so, so it seems pointless to keep, uh, like, Michael Rooker's the head of the the, the, the the henchman detail. Right. I can see bringing back Michael Rappaport, or, or Michael, uh, Rooker. Michael Rooker. But the, you know, the you know the, the goofball who gets run over and then gets his naps next, uh, neck yeah. snapped by Arnold. Yeah, he's, he's, and, he's comic relief. Yeah, he's, you, don't, you don't bring him back. All right, so Robert Duvall is this, like, scientist. He's got a cloned wife. Yeah, his wife had died, so they cloned his wife. And He's getting that time machine thing where his wife, it's like, you know, in the movie The Time Machine, 
he keeps going back to get his wife and she keeps dying anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the same kind of thing. It's like he's trying to keep this woman around and like her nose will start bleeding. Yeah. Body parts are falling off. It's yeah. like nothing he can do can make this woman whole. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get the reveal later on why that's happening. Mm. So, uh, so power me through the rest of this movie. What Oof. else happens? So basically, Arnold goes home to, f- to discover yes. that he's already at home. He's already at home. Uh, he's having his birthday party. Michael Rappaport's like, hey, remember when you cut yourself shaving with a regular razor because you don't use laser razor? Yes. And so um, we see that Arnold's clone is sleeping with Arnold's wife, but his in clone the, doesn't in, know he's a clone. Yeah, in the minivan. Yes, while smoking cigars, which is illegal in the future. They're so right on that one, too. <laughs> Minivans will exist, but, but cigars will go away. So he's got to go on this mission to somehow prove that he's not the clone, that he is the original. Yeah. Um, Had he gotten home first, he would have been alright. Well, that's where I my main problem with this movie comes from, because so, the, the reason that Arnold and Michael Rappaport were cloned were they were killed when uh, this group of anti-cloners killed this billionaire who's basically been uh, spearheading right. um, the cloning movement. Mm-hmm. played by Tony Goldwyn, who did the voice of Tarzan. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. And directed A Walk on the Moon, where uh, Liv Shri- uh, oh, yes. Schreiber cries the whole movie. Oh, God. Um, so they assassinate that guy, and I guess in order to cover their tracks, they kill everybody that's around him. Right. Um, so what they do is they, you know, they look at their records and they see that... Um, that Arnold was there even though he wasn't and and clone him. But my thing is, um, if it took them it took them two hours to clone these people, um, why did they not think the regular Arnold was gonna get home and live his life? Yeah. Um, the only reason he or, didn't was because he went to the mall. Yeah, yeah. But I mean at what point did they not realize that Arnold was there? Because they, they, they cloned Michael yeah, Rappaport. He just shows up in the yeah. you know it's like why there was there was only one dead body you know it couldn't have been Arnold and Michael Rappaport yeah but see they had done the switcheroo but they didn't know that I don't know the whole thing doesn't make sense to me yeah so how does it resolve how do we wrap well this, the thing this and, that, and this gets back to me too is so we're we're led to believe that Arnold is genetically regardless of whether he goes to the gym or not is gonna be <laughs> just ripped right because his clone. Is Arnold circa 2001, who was in phenomenal, yes. phenomenal shape. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to go to the gym and lift weights and eat, right? Um, that's the main flaw with the cloning in this movie. <laughs> you know. Wouldn't it be great if his dog had been all ripped? Yeah, his dog comes out with, you know, <laughs> washboard abs. He's like... Woof, woof, woof. So what happens? How does it end? Duval has a change of heart. Right. He gets killed. Tony Goldwyn um, gets shot by one of his incompetent henchmen. Yeah. Um, and he starts to clone himself again. Right. Because what they do is they take a picture of your brain, basically. Mm-hmm. So then when they clone you, um, they just dump those, they, they just upload your memories into uh, into the, the, the new body. Right. So uh, Tony Goldwyn's been shot. He takes a picture of his, uh, of, of his memories, uh, up, to, up to date, and... Um, Starts to build a new clone. At that point, Arnold's broken into the facility, and we learn 
that the Arnold we've been following the whole movie isn't Arnold. Right. It's the clone. Right. And you know it's the clone because under your eyelid, <laughs> there's a little dot <laughs> indicating how many times you've been cloned. Right. And he's got the one, and the one henchman, she's got four. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know how they do that. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't seem to make any sense how they do that. So, Arnold had had basically taken a snapshot of, they take a snapshot of Arnold's brain right. to find out where the, oh, Arnold has the information <laughs> that can prove that the billionaire was killed and cloned. And if yes. that comes out, cloning's illegal, right. um, the clones the, would be killed. Even the billionaire has spoken out about how he doesn't like cloning. Yeah. He only wants to clone your pet to make yeah. a repet. Yeah, or food. They Remember, they they, they cloned fish when the oceans yeah. dried but up. Yeah, they're essentially a pet. Yeah, because yeah, all the oceans had dried up, and we would have no fish if they didn't clone Yeah, fish. but it was for food. Yeah. And in the same world where we need to clone fish, we're making nacho-flavored bananas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I'd be like, screw the fish. Just give me a plate of nacho-flavored bananas. <laughs> so do you tap out <laughs> to, uh, to the sixth day? Uh, unfortunately, by the end of this overlong movie, it's two hours and three minutes. Yes. Um, uh, the last half hour, I have to tap out. I tap out big time. I, you know, here's the thing. Around the time, Robert Duvall, uh, people have often asked me who, who I believe the best actor is in the world. And I always say it's Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. I believe Robert Duvall is the best actor in the world. Uh, from the moment he arrives on this film, this film starts to just unwind into a terrible mess of God knows what. I don't know what's going on. I, oh, and Terry Crews is in this. Yeah, Terry Crews well, I didn't is even one remember. of the guys who shows up at the door to get yeah. Arnold. Yeah, he's one of the I, henchmen. I kind of am with the film for a little bit after uh, Robert Duvall shows up, but that's the beginning of yeah. the arch going down. Yeah, yeah. I really, really... By the end, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I mean, the... And it went from, it starts out like any other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. You don't, they don't give you the clue that you got to pay attention. This is going to be very complex. Yeah, yeah. You know, and by the end, I didn't even know if I was watching End of Days <laughs> or Stigmata yeah. or The Sixth Day. Yeah. The one thing that's amazing about this movie is you think the whole time you're watching it, you're like, okay, at some point, one of the Arnolds has to die. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. And we end up with two Arnolds, one working for a satellite office in Argentina. Yeah, they separate. Oh, goodness. Taco Bell is going to get breakfast in March. Wow. Sign behind you says breakfast is coming to Taco Bell in March. If they find a way to make, like, the chili cheese and egg burrito, I'm here every morning. (laughs) So what was going on in the world of wrestling at the time of this? Well, November is a a busy month for WWE because every year they have the Survivor Series. Um, And this was um, Survivor Series um, 2001. Um, God, I hope... 2001 was a very good... Uh, time for wrestling. You know, this was the uh, XFL is indicative of how big wrestling was at this point. Yeah. Because wrestling had gotten so mammoth mm-hmm. that Vince could afford to pour a ton of money into making his own football league. Yeah. 
Uh, also around that time, what was very different than now, if you look at wrestling now, John Cena's the guy on top. And if you look at wrestling in the 80s, Hulk Hogan was on top. But during the Attitude Era, and I mean, you can say, you know, Macho Man was very popular. You can say that right now uh, Daniel Bryan's very popular. You know, Randy Orton, a bunch of people. But really, John Cena's, you know, the, the guy that everybody knows. Hulk Hogan was the guy everybody knows. But in the, in the Attitude Era, you had Stone Cold. Most popular guy. Stone Cold was making $20 million a year on merchandise, which is an unheard of figure. I mean, he was making yeah. so much money because everybody had that shirt. Then The Rock comes along, becomes more popular than Austin, although does not come up with a catchy enough shirt. I never owned a Rock shirt. I owned a whole lot of Stone Cold shirts. I don't think he got the $20 million until he started making movies. But... He then becomes the top guy, and Stone Cold is just slightly below him. And then around that time, you've got other guys like uh, Triple H, who's certainly a guy who could headline. You've got Mick Foley could headline for a while. Even guys like Kane and Undertaker, who was still wrestling on a regular basis, could headline wrestling at that time. And they went ahead and they, they opened up WWE New York, oh, yeah. or WWF New York originally, and it became WWE The World, yeah. uh, and it was at the Paramount Building in Times Square, and it was a restaurant, and that's where they would do the XFL pre-show. Yeah, and that and, and that's a, a Hard Rock Cafe now. I think, it's yeah, it became the Hard Rock Cafe, yeah. yeah. Closed down, I bought a bunch of schooners when they, uh, scooters, pint glasses, uh-huh. I bought a, a bunch of stuff, almost bought a jacket that said uh, WWE New York uh-huh. on the back. Uh-huh. God, I was completely wrong here. The sixth day came out in 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't after September 11th. That kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. to me because I I don't remember, like the whole time I kept thinking about it, I I remember the feel of going to the movies just after September 11th because we're on the East Coast being very different than before. So What threw me off was the XFL debuted in 2001. So when I was putting together my notes for this... I was thinking. Wow! So this movie this predates predates the actual. Yeah, yeah. This came out in November, and then I guess in February was the first XFL game. So get out! Yeah. Really? You sure? <laughs> At this point, I'm not. Come uh, on, look it up. Uh, well, the the six day definitely came out in 2000. Right, we got that. Let me, let me look at the XFL. I want to know uh, when the XFL did. Well, it, it had to have been because it would have been over because the XFL by November of 2000. Yeah, would have been a thing of the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but, but that's where I got No, I guess it, it yeah. must have been something that was being hyped. You know, people yeah. knew it was coming in, in three or four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, no, that's a that's Yeah, but that's what mistake, threw me off does. was I was tying in um, the release of the sixth day to the, the XFL. And, yeah, yeah, okay, so that makes sense. All right, well, still, no problem. All right, yeah, so, so Survivor Series 2000. Everything else is around the same yeah, time. Yeah. So what do we got on Survivor Series 2000? Um, it took place from the Ice Palace in Tampa. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, Would expect that to be Minneapolis yeah. or something. Um, on the card, you had The Rock beating Rikishi. Oh wow! Um, in an eleven-minute match, um, Kurt Angle defeated The Undertaker. Um, Austin versus Triple H in a no DQ match mm-hmm. that ended after thirty minutes in a no contest. Ah, they hit their time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time. And they they protected both guys. That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, they also had some uh, Survivor Series matches. Yeah. Um, China, K Quick, Road Dog, and oh Billy Gunn oh lost to the Radicals, which were ben- Benoit, yeah. Malenko, um, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Satellite. Perry Saturn. Perry, yes. Perry Saturn. Um, and then you also had the Dudleys and the Hardy Boys beating 
Edge Kristen, and the right to censor Bull Buchanan and the Good Father. I did not remember um, Edge and Kristen ali- being ever being aligned with the right to censor. Um, well, I guess for a Survivor Series, you don't have to be aligned. Yeah, to but be... I, yeah, I guess at that point, Edge and Christian were, were both still heels. Yeah, they were probably doing that, um, the five-second poses, uh, yeah. the five seconds mm-hmm. uh, where they'd pose for the, for the benefit of those with flash photography. Yeah, yeah. And then um, a week after uh, Survivor Series right. and a week after the six-day came out, you had Mayhem. WCW oh Mayhem God, yes. from Milwaukee. I'm pretty sure Goldberg was on the cover of this just with his mouth open <laughs> looking grumpy. <laughs> well, on this card, uh, which uh, apparently I read a, a report from a guy who was in attendance, and, and this was a this was a, a, a you know write up from when this this aired, mm. where the guy said before the event, Ric Flair came out and said, "We're going to try our best to put on a really great show for you." Oh God! <laughs> on a card that included Man Cow. Versus oh. Jimmy Hart. Oh dear, I, I vaguely remember watching that. And somebody pelting him with like a can of be- a, a cup of beer on uh, his way to the ring. Um, Man Cal Miller, Muller, Man Cal Muller. Yeah. Um, you also had he was a radio personality who was briefly aligned with yeah. WCW. Yeah. You also had Bam Bam Bigelow uh, defeating Sergeant Awol. <laughs> um, General Rection uh, defeating yes. Lance Storm. Yeah. Um, the Insiders, which was just a tag team I forgot about. You had the Outsiders, which were Hall and Nash. The Insiders were Nash and DDP. Right. And they won uh, the, the tag titles that night from um, the perfect event, uh, the tag team of Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stavenhaft. Wow. Um, you had Goldberg defeating Lex Luger in a five-minute match. Okay. And your main event was Steiner and Booker T., in what it was dubbed a straight jacket steel cage match that you did not that did not involve a steel a, a, a straight jacket. <laughs> there was a straight jacket involved, but it wasn't part of having to win. Okay, so you, were you were they wearing it? There you know? was a straight jacket hung above the ring. I see. And at some point, Steiner was almost put in it. And I guess at that point, if you're put <laughs> in a straight jacket, you're, you can't do anything. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever. But heard. the match ended with um, Booker T passing out in the Steiner recliner. So they did like the Stone Cold Steiner Austin. recliner. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah I, now I will say this about Mancow. He was a very big supporter of professional wrestling. He's a goof, and he's not a guy I'm a big fan of. Uh, and I don't even dislike him. He's just one of those guys that's kind of it's kind of like Larry the Cable Guy, where he's just kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you're either a fan of him or he's one of those guys that just kind of you have a bad taste in your mouth about him. But the other bit of trivia about him is he is, if you play the WWF WrestleMania video game, the arcade game, He's in the front row. He's one of the oh, really? people in the front oh, row. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So he was, like, photographed and put in there. Um, so that is interesting. Yeah, I would say out of those two, you got to go with the Survivor Series. Yeah, that definitely seems like the, uh, the, the better of the two cards. All right. So next year, we'll do End of Days, which yeah. is probably 2001. And yeah. we, can, we can... I, I, That was probably the biggest botch I've ever made on Camel Clutch Cinema. Well, the good thing is we found it before the end. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, you, you have those botches where you don't find them until the next day. And then it's like... Because a lot of times that happens with us. We'll say something wrong on the yeah, show. Yeah. And then the next day we'll find it out. It's like, do we edit it out? Do we just leave it? Do we put something in the notes? Yeah. Uh, so here now we don't have to do anything. It's already the correction's already been made, yes. and we made that guy stay. The guy that was like, "This movie came out. I remember it was 2000. <laughs> it was 2001." And then at the end, he's uh, yeah. 
So. I'm going to blame the XFL, which I'm sure a lot of people have, have done. Uh, maybe not recently, but uh, I'm sure back in 2001, XFL was taking a lot of blame. All right. Well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. This was awesome. I uh, so enjoyed uh, uh, enjoying the delicious chili cheese burrito, and I'm so happy it's back. And we'll see you next time on Burritos and Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> Bye now. So you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crap. You have Skittles plus my Skittles. Tag team. What are you doing up there? What's Wrestlers in the movies, guy and Craig podcasting, movies with some wrestling, will they be left tapping? Look at the scene in question that I am watching. They just took John Cena's wife, now he's off to the streets, now he's riding on top of a trolley, fighting bad guys in a chopper and a course winning. Now he's seen a swimming pool and makes out with his wife. Got the remote in my hand and now I'm sleepy eyed. I'm a tapped out gangster TV set banger. And my homie sits down so don't arouse my anger. Double, double E. It's so blind to see that with these movies, they make no money. Down goes Jimmy King. Oh my God, a four post massacre. No one can survive this. This isn't even a pay-per-view!